Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booty's in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Probably do all the things that you need to record a podcast rather than me just chatting away. While... Particularly with Zencaster deciding to redo all its whole thing. And normally when I join a session, if I've signed it as Zencaster, it already knows my name and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. it's not actually us. Your credentials don't work here. Your swipe card hasn't been activated. And it's uh, quite a different year. Oh, that's not what I want. Quite a different UI, too. Well, they've, they've gone big on the. Um... Dark of, and the yeah and the kind of sub Instagram color gradient kind of look mm. sub Instagram oh dear so there has been actually a little bit of sport happening there has been well there's been enough stuff happening in the NBA for us to actually do a, a sports podcast this week though to be fair my interest uh, <laughs> you know m- most of my sports consumption over the last week has been watching counter-attacking soccer videos on YouTube for some reason. I did this little... Uh, I've been trying to teach the, the under-8s to... Play like uh, Radieri's Leicester from 2015-16? Oh, well... Yeah, no, just... just the, we, we had this... We started off, like, with this bunch of kids that were, you know, pretty clueless, which, you know, they're under-8s. They're supposed to be clueless. And then we had this really nice section in the middle, like, where... We would practice something at, at training and we would sort of go and be better at that part of training. And then the last couple of weeks, it, like it's been very rain interrupted and, you know, no consistent training, no consistent playing. But they've gone back to this, I'll, I'll run to the ball, I'll kick the ball, and then I'll just stand there and watch it go back to the, the other team. <laughs> so... Like I was trying so to kind of play. It's almost like they're playing that tabletop soccer game. The, you, the dudes would stay, yeah, sta- yeah. Where, stay where, static. Where, you where, just you, it. static. So I, I was doing this little drill on Wednesday where, you know, I basically had two markers. They'd kick it to me and then I'd make them sort of sprint to the next marker and I'd play them in, you know. So, yeah. And then I, try, I then tried to up that drill to adding a defender and that did not go well. That was a little bit too, a little bit too over their heads. But anyway, but yeah, so then I was sort of looking at the best examples of that, you know, draw, draw a defender, give it, go, and then you've got the overlap, and then all of a sudden, you know, this. I, I just, I, I really enjoy that chaotic style of football where, you know, you get one really good pass, and that the person that makes that pass then sprints like hell, and then you've got this advantage of numbers plus your like all the defenders are running backwards, not you know trying to come to you. <laughs> And it's just like this inevitable wave. Oh, it, that it only really, works if the, oh, like a, if the defense is playing a very high line against you, though. That's true. Yeah. If they're kind of swarming you, uh, if they're they're pressing you very hard in your own half. Yep. Which I suppose um, I suppose eight year olds do by default because they're trying yeah, to get the ball well, off. They, you. They, they, so basically, they, they, they are everything. they are exhibiting best practice in modern football. <laughs> they press everywhere. They're, they're they, gagan they, press, they, the heavy metal Jurgen Klopp kind of uh, heavy press. 
And, and to be to be fair to the AFL, that's what got me into the AFL was watching guys like you just Cro- love racism and sexual abuse, or <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Victorian parochialism. More, 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 what more got me out of the AFL than into it? But anyway, uh, yeah, it's 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 very complicated because there's a lot of. Um, I don't know if a lot's the right word, but there's a lot of very smart people and quite interesting things around the AFL. But the problem is, is there's also a lot of rancid shit. And I guess that's in all sport. But the one that the AFL and the NFL sort of both remind me of it, where it just does not seem to matter what happens, you know, what rancid shit happens. The sport just keeps on going on and rancid people in the sport keep, keep getting gigs. Like, like, Oh, the, the, um, the little brouhaha recently about uh, trying to think who the who the female commentator was that everyone was was hassling, and it's like, mate, Wayne Carey's still got a gig. <laughs> he, he's he's like about as bad as you can get, and he's still seen as this authoritative voice in football that you have to listen to. It's like well, mate, you shouldn't even have to give him the time of day. Well, probably if you probably polled most of most of those AFL gronks, his great his biggest crime was banging his fucking yeah. teammates' wife, not. The other stuff that we'll mm. very um, euphemistically refer to it. Oh, geez, didn't this start on a high note? I was yes. just, I was just thinking about uh, about the the NFL and the fact that, uh, and I can't remember who said it, but but someone recently on a basketball co- podcast just basically commented that it seemed like there was this time where all the bad shit happening to the NFL was knocking it back, and now it just seems like they can, you know, their players or teams or whatever can do. Absolutely terrible shit, and it just the machine just keeps rolling on, just doesn't stop. Well, that time also corresponded with a period where the football itself was shit, and I think that probably had more. To right, do. right. So there was like a, a a false narrative of comparison of things, bad things happening, and, and people well, losing interest. Where it was actually probably the the product that was suffering. Well, and by the same token, the all the things that the the right wings uh, the right wingers were saying was going to make people lose interest. You know, like Colin Kaepernick kneeling and stuff like that didn't actually make any fucking difference at all to mm. to the popularity. All the people who claim that they weren't going to watch anymore uh, because of woke whatever, uh, appear to still be fucking <laughs> like, watching. Uh, funny that, hey. Yeah. Um, so the Knicks either dodged a bullet or uh, are still the Kangs of the East or... Uh, <laughs> Very um, old El Paso girl voice. Why not both? Because Why I think so. The Knicks, true. the Knicks, basically took themselves out of the Donovan Mitchell uh, trading sweepstakes by re-upping RJ Barrett at at a reasonably high high number, um, and that pissed, with, with a poison pill that made it and, hard and that for pissed him the, the, the to be the, retraded. I guess pissed Danny Ainge off so much that he went and traded them to the to the Cavs. Instead, you know, I think Donovan Mitchell's probably better off uh, on that Cavs team because the things he's shit at can be covered up by other people. Whereas oh, I don't think that was going to happen that, on the on the Knicks. That that team's going to be awesome because the Cavs needed another person that could get them buckets that wasn't Garland in big games because yeah. it's easier to load up on one attacking point. So if you've got two attacking points, both those attacking points can do better because you can't just load up. You you've got to you know, you got to split your resources defensively. Um, now, you know, 
Mitchell's pretty lucky he's going from the defensive player of the year to the guy that seemed to be possibly the defensive player of the year multiple times in the future. So he's lucked out there because he mm. could have had Mitchell Robinson who fouls out in 13 minutes. But uh, That would have been the new sex lane, Donovan Mitchell Robinson. The, 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 the biggest winner out of this is Mitchell. No, no doubt at all. Like, I think he's, he's happy to go to, to the to the Cavs because he's he's yeah a better chance to win. But uh, he would have made a lot more money off the court uh, in uh, in New York for sure. Yeah, because he's because he's a new a New York guy. But also just um, because anybody going to the, anybody who wants to go to New York, I mean, we're not we're not counting the, the Nets because that's not really New York. Um, you know the, the opportunity to to you know if you make it there and make it everywhere and anywhere or however the fucking song goes. Oh, I'm just the main. Mm. The main tragedy, of course, is the breaking up of the Sexland backcourt, because that was literally yeah. the only interesting and funny thing that was happening in Cleveland, and uh, there aren't really a lot of options to replace Sexland, unfortunately. So that was Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. <laughs> Colin Sexton is, is has gone to a- Utah, <laughs> where they where I didn't think they allowed sex, but you know his options there aren't very good, are they? I mean, they've got he's got like Mike Conley, Sex Con. It's not really going to work. Might work for Utah. Well, yes. Well, the other one I'm more worried about is if they don't trade Bogdanovich, they'll they'll be sex bogey, which is kind of upsetting. This sounds like the workshopping of of the name of the album of the band that you uh, sent me in the in the DMs oh, well, this week. I don't even remember what that band was called, but it looked a lot like Your Mate's Pornland. Yeah, Pornland. It was like a ten piece fucking funk hip hop collective from Wollongong. And I thought that's it, the it most. Looked like- two, that looked like the most two thousand and one shit uh, imaginable. That, I just looked at that and just thought, "Fucking, they listen to a lot of Resin Dogs." The, the pro- I had a look at that photo and I listened to the single. This is like you know, we'll have to cut this content and put it in the after dark of the after dark. We won't. But it, the, <laughs> the problem is, is that they're like Pornland. If Pornland decided that that things were serious, you know, that they were serious musicians. Because the, the great thing about Pornland was they were like Tism. You know? How could they be possibly serious with that photo? There's a man with a bucket hat and a porn uh, moustache. Yeah, How serious I, can you I take yourself? That that I mean, apart from being an Australian cricketer. Hard. And even the Australian cricketers aren't taking themselves very seriously, What judging by today's performance. So the, the, the bloody thing in The Guardian was sort of saying, Dave Warner falls short as Australia lose. I'm like... Dave Warner was the only person who did a fucking thing. He got 90 fucking two out of a score of 130 odd. Oh, yeah, it's Dave Warner's fault. Good on you. You got me here fucking, the fucking grawny ads got me here defending Dave Warner. What the fuck? It's good good to know there's actually an ODI series even on. I'm trying to hide that. And apparently next week there's going to be a a Chapel Hadley series on. Oh, really? Yes. New Zealand are going to start playing there next week. In Darwin, uh, Cairns, or in t- oh, it's, it's still in Cairns. Look, well, I, no, these I games were in Townsville. End. The the three Zimbabwean games were uh, were, yeah. uh, were in Townsville. I suppose we should actually point out that the chapel part of Chapel Hadley, uh, Ian has uh, withdrawn from public life, which is a little bit sad. Um, obviously, he's mm. he's kind of finally, you know, it looks like it's the long curtain call. Um, yeah, he gave it a good go. Thanks for your input. I, I really like cricket. In winter, <laughs> thanks for that on our basketball podcast. I do. I, I, I just think that, like, th- those parts of the world, are, a physically can't have cricket in the summer because yeah. it would just rain all the time, and 
they're like um, so. Some uh, one of my best mates lives in sort of north central Queensland, you know, and plays. Uh, his kid plays, you know, cricket and rugby league carnivals from Mackay up, and there it's a really fucking strong cricket uh, area up there. Like surprising, I, I always thought it was just you know ru- <laughs> rugby league and then cricket, sort of something. I guess you you have to do in the summer to pass the time, but in between no, thunderstorms, it's, it's yeah, it's really fucking strong up there. Well, it was nice um, to see on, on the on the. On the grass at the uh, the Townsville ground, they had Roy three three eight eight, you know, yeah. painted on the grass there because it's um, he's part of the world. Well, I think I think even the lost to Zimbabwe went better than the BBL uh, draft though. That, I, I <laughs> watched about two minutes of that just because I was channel surfing, trying to work out what, why is this being shown on television. What? Why? Why? And I think the idea that everyone, they're all trying to do the televised draft like the Americans do it, but the problem is that with the Americans, people care about the teams yeah. and they care about the players because generally they've seen them play in college. For the BBL draft, neither is true because most of the players are just interchangeable fucking anonymous hired guns. Most of the ones they put forward as being the ones who were the platinum players didn't actually get picked up at all. So it was like, what the Which, fuck is anybody? What what well, are we doing here? Well, that's a fascinating thing, right? Because this is a this is a disconnect between Cricket Australia's marketing and and business units and the people that actually run the game. Because what Cricket Australia's marketing thought that would happen was it would be a really good showcase to show that the BBL still has all these big stars, but none of those big stars were going to play finals for the BBL yeah. because they're all they're all pissing off to play that South African series. So all the teams went, well, we'll take 80% of Andre Russell if he's there for the finals. Like, it's no good that he wins his four games and then pisses off to South Africa. Because the final series is such that, you know, getting a, a, a better ladder position doesn't actually give you that much of, a, of an advantage because it ends up being a, a one-game crapshoot in the end anyway. So... You might you you might you have to have your best team on the you know on the field yeah. for the final week of the of the tournament. The 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 games leading up to that are basically irrelevant. Yeah, as long so as you're not fucking the, terrible. The, the people making decisions for the clubs that are actually trying to win games very sensibly said, "Well, we don't want any of these guys because yeah. they're not going to be here." And so it was this absolute fizzer of a, an event. And a lot of them are washed took- too. I mean, Trey Russ yeah. and, and Kyron Pollard, they're, they're, they're getting to the Chris Gale end of their um, T20 careers. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, not not probably the best run part of Cricket Australia at the moment, the BBL. Well, uh, they just need to give it to Private Enterprise. We've, well, we've been it, saying it, that for ages. It looks like it's now the fifth or sixth best T20 tournament in the world, right? Because this South African one is going to boom because IP, half the sides are owned by the IPL, yeah. so all the IPL guys are going to play. you also it's got the really UAE one. You've got the actual IPL. You've got yeah, the CPL, well, the, the, which is on now, which is looking like fine. Um, the the 100, I guess, is still on at the moment, which is not yeah. technically a T20 league, but it's essentially the same sort yeah. of deal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's all Channel 7's fault. <laughs> as always, as always. Uh, so, oh, back back to Mitchell. The the funny thing was is I'll uh, tell you what the New funny York- thing was the the, the a podcast 
emergency podcast titles and now replaced Twitter as my main source of, of breaking news information. News, you just hope. Basically, I just hope my, my podcast to get us in. Emergency podcast, Donovan Mitchell trainer to the, like, like so it also doesn't. It also is my major source of, of spoilers for overnight sporting results. Like I seem to always seem to find out yeah. the result of Formula One races and Vuelta stages and stuff like that too. But uh, yeah, the, basically, just Twitter is an unusable dog shit pile these days. So. Yep, I would not disagree with that. And and like that's yeah, that's even with the curation. Um. Oh, it's just you can't. The problem is that people you you know and like will retweet absolute shit. Yeah, uh, and basically they need to have that. But I often take that privilege off them. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is a lot of the like I used to love NBA Twitter because you would get discourse between people like you know Zach Lowe and Tim Bontemps on Twitter in real time, which was almost like you know their a more public version of probably what their text messages are mm. now, and it seems like. A lot of those NBA guys have just taken all of that offline. Yeah, you know, because they don't want to have randoms in... jump, jumping in their fucking ads. No, <laughs> but you used to you used to actually find out some real interesting things and actually get some insight. Now, now, like you said, you've got to listen to twenty two podcasts to get the same thing. Yeah, uh, all of which is yeah, emergency so, podcast. Emergency podcast. Uh, I saw a lot of Nick's people sort of say. Oh, you know, we could have offered the better package, but I don't. I don't actually think the package from Cleveland or New York mattered too much. It's more about the Jazz need to lose, like, like have a really bad record for two years, um, and they make make sure their draft picks are as high as they possibly can be. That that's their best chance of getting a, you know, another Donovan Mitchell or another Gordon Hayward, don't you reckon? It's it's it, like the the picks that they would have got from the. It does make you wonder if they're. It does like, make you wonder if they're all they're going to end up doing is is rebuilding a team that is that has exactly the same fucking ceiling as the one that they've just blown yeah. up. I mean, but but, <laughs> I, but I think that's what that's what all the Knicks or the Knicks and or Cavs and or Timberwolves picks are for, right? So yeah, it's, it, it's, it's to make sure that you stay employed in a very high paying no, 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 front no, office position for an extra for another five years. Cycle. No, that's the cynical way of looking at it. The, the actual way of looking that's, at it is you, if you if you nail right if you nail one of your picks in the next couple of years, then you need picks to trade down the line to be able to build the side out around those other pick uh, uh, around those other stars. Like you can't just do it through. Uh, through the draft, you've got to also, you know, have stuff to trade to get a Joe Ingles. Like it's not even you don't even have to have stuff to trade for a star. You've got to have stuff to trade for that mid-level professional player that is going to be, you know, the sixth or seventh or eighth piece. So that that's what all those extra picks are for. I think the the picks that they've got the Jazz picks because are the they ones, have to overpay because they're Utah. Basically. Yeah, that's right. That they they will have to pay. You know, a first and uh, and three seconds for someone of Joe Ingles' quality, whereas other teams don't. They can pick up, uh, you know, play like good players like that in in free agency. Like, look at Golden State; they picked up Otto Porter, and who did they pick up this year? Who was used to be on the um the Bucks? Uh, who's a really good three point shooter? Fuck! They picked up Gary Payton, three Manchester United nil. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think no, they didn't. I'm thinking of the Blazers. He, he was with the Bucks, and then he went to the Kings and had a like had a bit of a bad injury run. 
but he's a, he's a really he's a really good three point shooter when he's open, and so you know he's the he's the perfect fit, and he's the guy that will just go to the Warriors on a minimum. He's never going to the Jazz on the minimum or the Thunder on a minimum. You know, no matter how good those two sides get, he's th- those sort of players are just never going to those uh, shit holes. market teams. Yeah, shit holes. I've heard Utah is very nice. Yeah, if you're white and rich, oh, I was going to say skiing. If, if you like falling off a hill on a mountain was, bike, it's lovely. Well, I was going to say, even uh, Ben McMahon was, was sarcastically remarking that Larry Markkinen's about to become a Cleveland fan favourite. Where are we? Utah fan favourite? Mm. Um, yes. He was already a Cleveland fan favourite because he's tall and white. Uh, right, the, I mean, a lot of drama stuff has, hap- has happened in the last couple of weeks since we've actually recorded. There was that ridiculous um, sort of joint press release from the Nets and Kevin Durant's management <laughs> announcing that Kevin Durant was, was going to collect his toys and put them back in the pram and, and decided to stay on and honour the terms of the fucking contract he signed. Mm. Um, for which, the next which is four a years. Change. Which hasn't even for, started for, yet. Hasn't even exactly. started. That's exactly the- right, yeah. Uh, and the word, it's it's just, I mean, I mean, who knows if he, if, if he doesn't end up getting traded or... If Steve Nash keeps it, st- still ends up keeping his job, or if even Steve Nash wants to keep his job, because this is bullshit, you know. It seems that um, Sean, I mean, the real winner appears to be Sean Marks, who just said, "Play chicken with everybody," and and he's the only one left on the road. Everyone else is off in the off in a ditch. So um, I think it's going to be game a dose of kiwi if if the nets are good. That, that's just going to be so funny. If the nets, I mean, it's almost like they would have to invent a new and bizarre way not to be good. Like they would have to try extremely hard not to be good. Well, Simmons and, and I'm Ky- not putting that beyond them. Simmons and Kyrie could play like 30 games between them, and then they'd probably. Suck That's what again. I mean. But, yeah. But 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 that but that that actually have to invent a way to suck. Yeah. If you put them on the court, if you put those those three dudes on the court, they play 50, 60 games together. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's going to be a they're going to be a very good basketball team. Yeah, particularly still- with, with you know Patty Mills and Joe Joe fucking Harris and mm, Seth um, Curry, Seth Curry and-, and all the bits they've got around. It's just yeah. it's it's not even close. Look, they're probably not a a finals favorite. You know, there's probably better constructed teams, but yeah, uh, oh, Dante G- Divincenzo is the guy I was thinking of who went to Golden State from the Bucks. Oh, what Dante? Dante Divin- Divincenzo. Yes. He was the Bob Marley called him. Yeah, he was good, and then he then he got injured, and then he just disappeared. It wasn't. But, he that, was, but that's the per, that's the perfect sort of player for Golden State, right? Like Otto Porter had pretty much disappeared on Washington, and then turned out to be a starting player in a final series on Golden State. You're. Uh, it's a, it's amazing how those guys get reclaimed when all of a sudden all they got to yeah. do is not much, and you know what? Just you know, do not much well, and you'll be fine. So the so the team with the, the, these sorts of guys you would have expected to go to would have been the Los Angeles Lakers of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but they are not getting those sorts of people coming to play for them. They have to trade for Patrick Beverly. Yeah, which is you know when when you've reached the stage of your roster lifespan where you have to trade away young players to get Pat Beverly in the door, um, it's not going well. <laughs> It's 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 hilarious, and that's it's, setting that's aside all the whole fucking russ of it, the entire russ of it, which is just astonishing and magnificent that they've actually put together possibly the only two people in the NBA who genuinely hate each other. Like, there's not this sort of fake, 
you know, on the court kind of beef, like, you know, Joel Embiid, Carlos D. Tan style, but they're, they're genuine, genuinely fucking loathe and despise each other. And they've put them on the yeah, same this, team. This is not Ja Morant and Draymond going at no, each other on Twitter. No, no, for, no. For, for, the, for the kicks. Cooking it up for the, for <laughs> this, the likes and, and for the ratings. No, and no, that that's not what this is about. This is literally, you know, I hate that guy and it's on site. Look, someone suggested if the Lakers want to juice their revenue, they should just, you know, hold all their practice should, practices should be five on five on three on three scrimmages. With oh. Russ on one side and Beverly on the other, and just televised yeah. them. They put it money. on League Pass, yeah. <laughs> well, they put the Drew League and the California yeah. Classic and the Seattle games there on, is other on ways NBA for, League Pass. So. There is other ways for your Chet Holmgren types to injure themselves in preseason yeah. for no fucking reason. I mean, he, he was—he he like, has a bit of the Bruce Roods to him. That kid, he was—he was always going to snap in half at some stage. Like this, this is why I don't understand the the angst about you know. Players going and playing Eurobasket because, like, is Eurobasket? I mean, Eurobasket there is no, there is no angst about it. It's just people dreaming up reasons to be upset. No one gives a shit. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's GMs that would prefer their players not to be playing Eurobasket. Sure, um, sure. But they, they also Here's probably don't want their players playing Seattle, the Seattle Pro Am. Yeah. So. My, my solution would be sign worse players, or they won't get picked for the national teams. Mm. That Euro, that Eurobasket. It looks like it's just like getting tougher and tougher. Like, uh, well, didn't Germ- did, Germany did, stuffed the 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 French this the morning? French, yeah. The funny, funny thing is and, that I, I discovered that um, the the FIBA TV channel is actually on one of my fucking cable, not cable, but one of my um, things. But it's not showing any of the fucking games. Oh, really? So it's, it's showing they replays of right. like. World Cup qualifying from 2008. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. But. Uh, that, that could be a, 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 a very watchable final series. The, yeah. Um, well, I'm hoping the games will the, end up the, on the, at least at least the knockout games will be end up in end up on TV somewhere. Yeah. The the um the round games have been on KO. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, the NBA off season is just this weird beast, isn't it? Where like, it, like Russ, ha- Russ has to already be like half out the door, promised to someone, doesn't it? If you if you're going to get Pat Bev in the door, you, you can't have you can't go into training camp with both of them unless he's refusing to go. In which case, this is exactly why you trade for, for Pat Bev, <laughs> just to get him not to rock up to work. I'm trying to. This is the sort of thing that it's it's not so much. I mean, Rob Polinka is not so much a GM as as the executive producer of a series of Big Brother at the moment. He's just bringing in yeah. intruders, um, you know, ex-partners sort of intruders to try and create an issue. I wonder whether that's why LeBron just re-upped for another two years at the max. He's just like, Look, Well, one plus one because of the whole kind of, you know. He yeah. now wants to play with, with both well, his sons, which means he has to play until he's older than fucking um, Tom Brady. And even Tom Brady was at in the press conference saying, look, I'm 45 years old. I've got a lot of shit going on. Uh, he was trying to emote, but his face didn't move at all, which is probably why he'd taken two weeks off. Basically, he's just kind of uh, this weird Easter Island statue of a head that, that doesn't crease or crinkle or, or, or do anything. I did like that Cleveland didn't trade the pick that's in the Bronny draft. Yeah. Like, that. even if even if that's not the intention, 
but just the just so that just to do it, just heads. to juice their fans. Yeah, that I, I I like that. I think that's very cool. And it would be pretty funny if they took like some random European dude at at twenty two. What they don't? I mean, the, the 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 young Cavs they don't want old man LeBron coming in there and ruining that what they've built up. So no, no, that's definitely not what what that team needs. Um, it'll be fat. Do, do you reckon he'll be able to play? A sixth man role, like if he wants to play until he's no, I don't think he, I don't think he'll agree to come off the bench. I think he'll he'll still start and play forty eight minutes and lead the league and everything because he's a fucking robot. Mm. I mean, yeah. it is a bit like Tom Brady. I was like, un- until I see it stop working, I have to believe it will keep working. Well, I watched the um, the CrossFit Games a couple of weeks ago because the, there's a fuck. Uh, you know how to party. Oh, <laughs> there's a there's an Aussie girl in there who's just like this absolute machine because the whole idea of the CrossFit Games is that is to replace like, aerobics be- Oz style on television because <laughs> no it's something like, for you, old men. To- <laughs> Sorry, you, you can't you can't be good at everything, right? You can't you can't be an Olympic weightlifter and run a four hundred. <laughs> well, yourself accepted, of course. Um, and she was coming off trying to make a bobsled Olympic team, right? So she had had been bulking up to push big heavy metal bits down, lots of ice. And then lie really uh, still in a bathtub while quietly shitting yeah. yourself and not trying um, to throw up in your suit and your funny hat. And it was funny watching someone that's so so good that's off their game but not off their game enough that someone else can beat them and that's what i feel a little bit like watching lebron now it's like you see him coast through games and then you see him just absolutely turn it on for five or ten minutes to remind you oh i, was, I, was, I can still do this i just can't do it consistently i can't do it for 40 minutes a night yeah. i can't do it for 80 games a year but you know it's like the beast is still in there if you wake it up sort of thing Vince carter was still dunking um, at 41 and he said it wasn't it wasn't the dunking that was the problem it was the landing and i think yeah. that's the thing it's it's the recovery but now you know no one spends as much money on recovery as LeBron does. I mean that's what that's what all that money on sports science is for. It's for recovery. Yeah. It's not it's not for building up because he's already got the he's already got the chassis. It's just you know repair you know re- repairing bits as, as they break. I think it was Carter. There was an amazing podcast. It was either Carter or Iguodala, late in his career, who went on this podcast and basically described Iggy's actually got his what, own podcast. So what what a day. Like what an NBA day was like to be able to, you know, get his body ready. And it was like, you know, get up at five AM and stretch, and then do this, and then have you know this sort of sound like what I, like and- Mark Wahlberg's day on a, on the plate, kind of you know, get up at three in the morning and work out, and then you know, drink four egg yolks and pray to Jesus, and then go and you know, just absolute punishing and, and bullshit. It, and it just reminded me of the like. Um, Game of Zones did a Dirk episode once where it was like, you know, a full 48 hours before a game and his trainers came in with like, you know, the medieval racks for stre- yes. stretching the body out and they're like, hey, Dirk, it's time to get ready for the game. And he's like, oh, okay. He lies in the rack and they just strap him in and start start basically stretching him with wheels. Mm. Uh, uh, well, that's that's why, how, why Germany won that game against France because they were retiring Dirk's jersey. I didn't yeah. realise Dirk's jersey was... 14 rather than 41, but um, I think that was – his number was always supposed to be 14, but when he got to the Mavs, someone else had 14, so he had to have 41. 14. And that was – yeah, and that's what it sits up in the fucking rafters at, um, 
in Mavs world. I don't know. Have we missed anything else in the NBA? Anything else interesting? No. Um, I think we should probably laugh at the at the All Blacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. Uh, it, it is. It is a little bit. Uh, you know, the fall of the West Indies, isn't it? Yeah. Will, will it come back? Yeah, do you think? Like, yeah, it's, it's well, fair to think because you know you think uh, will the. The economic levers. Well, the thing is, I think the All Blacks are better insulated against the economic levers being uh, pulling them apart. But the problem is, is that um, the NZRU is still thinks it's 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 you know nineteen ninety six, um, and and it's they, they need to modernise their thinking rapidly. But I think the real thing is mm. that the real real secret to the success is that um, I was up in Christchurch last week. Uh, before the game, and the Argentine team were there, and they were hanging out at the um, Argentine barbecue place uh, near where I was having lunch, and they um, they seem to be getting extremely well fed. So I think what that tells you is that it's probably worth frequenting that Argentine barbecue place in um, Riverside Market in the centre of town because apparently that kind of meat is what <laughs> what makes you beat the All Blacks. Just well, reminds me of a fantastic South African commentator talking about a massive. Africana prop um, playing in one of the Super Rugby games, and this like this enormous mountain of a man sort of preparing to bind, and just this voice comes on mic and says, "He was born when meat was cheap," and I thought that basically <laughs> sums up a lot of South African prop. That, that sounds like the, not only the South African diet, but the South African attitude to rugby. Yeah. Well, so evidently this year was uh, Australian rugby has been more has spent more time professional than amateur or or something like that. Like there was some sort of milestone about you know the professional games been going or so it's only ninety six uh, since the game got professional. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't quite work so out. The that's thing, only twenty six like, years. I don't know even I don't know whether Australian rugby is really mentally fully professional. No. I still think. But like you pointed out, produces excellent fucking coaches. Yeah, and the funny thing, Czech, so the- Czech is the co- is the is coaching Argentina, um, the former uh, Wallabies and Tars boss, and uh, even he was getting involved with the because um, one of the Argentine one of the some of the Argentine forwards, I think one of them plays for the the Crusaders under Razor Robinson, who's the guy who doesn't have the All Blacks job. And Checker was like, you know, I, I'd say I was playing terribly well. I really have to, really have to tip my hat to the to the Crusaders coaching staff. They Crusaders do a tremendous staff. job. <laughs> that's that's nice. Just poke, that is, poke, that is poke, some poke. next next level psychological yeah. warfare, right there. We'll probably get beaten by ninety seven today, but tonight, but um, you'll know but the result of this it, one. Now. It doesn't fucking matter. It really, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Like uh, someone, someone tweeted, "Is this Australia's worst one day?" Loss the the one today to Zimbabwe and I'm like, are you guys kid like this is a non World Cup game? It wouldn't even make the top twenty worst Australian one day losses, I would think. But anyway, one where everyone turned up drunk and they lost to Bangladesh. Back when Bangladesh were no good, yeah, or like, yeah. Anyway, Australian cricket. What can you say? All right, Doc. Shall we? Um, speaking of bogans. North of the Queensland New South Wales border, should we come back and talk some music after this? Yes, we should do that. See ya. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. He still doesn't know.
don't think lying on the bed has the right energy. I just feel a little bit too reclined. I do <laughs> sound too tremendous. Oh. I sound oh. tremendous. I, I, I did get syphilis. And this will not shock you to hear. I did get stoned once and when Vanessa was using the office and laid in the bed in the next room and tried to podcast. And it was probably one of my worst efforts ever, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> because I was so distracted and so comfortable and you would say stuff and I would just go, sure, Which one was that? Whatever. I'm sure we've done uh, that one. <laughs> t- 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 two weeks ago. At least two or three two or three years ago, I'd say. Back in the glory days of the after dark. Yeah, back back when back when the after dark was a true shambolic yes. after dark. Back when meat was cheap and so was weed. And, and I, I think I think I might have got stoned because I was like, "You're getting too drunk in these podcasts. You need to settle down." I or think I remember us talking about this. I think you might have told me that that had happened at the time. I might have told you in the break or something. Yeah, that I was drifting off. Uh, all right. All right, I'm going to go get a whiskey.